Hey sis, I am here finally with the woman that you've been waiting for to talk to you about all the things, how to heal after toxic relationships. Her name is Kelly Kristen. She's an author, she's a coach, and she's a hypnotist. <sighs> she's a life changer in real life. She literally will help you learn how to love yourself and to create healthy love. Now, who else is feeling like this right now? Are you feeling like this? Everybody listening? I'm sure you are. I've been that girl. Kelly, welcome to the podcast, girl. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super, super excited. Like, very excited to get into this it's today. It's <laughs> going to be amazing because this is round two, everybody. We had some, round I two, had some two. issues on the audio. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be even better. It's going to be so much better. So I got to tell you all right now, if you don't follow Kelly Kristen on Instagram, please go do so right now. It's at Miss Kelly Kristen, M.S. Kelly Kristen. She is incredible. By the way, I already ordered your book on Amazon. I get it today, actually, Wednesday. Oh, amazing. The Call to Rise. It's available and it's life-changing. If you're feeling low, if you're literally breaking, if you just got out of a relationship, if you're like, what the hell is going on in my life? Go to Amazon and get the book. And also, she just released a workshop. It's called The Worthy Women Workshop. But we're going to get in that towards the end because... Yes. Girl, Kelly, we're feeling all the feels right now. I think quarantine has a lot of us really questioning ourselves and kind of finally realizing we're in these toxic relationships. So I just want to jump on in. What the hell is a toxic? What is a toxic relationship? So to me, a toxic relationship is anything where you have unhealthy, um, abusive, or anything that you would consider like unwanted behaviors, right? So I think toxic is sort of a really broad term mm -hmm. um, that is used to incorporate all kinds of things. And of course, there's multiple layers to abuse. There's multiple layers to unhealthy things. Yes. Um, but to me, it would just be anything. Like when I think of the word toxic, I think of this is really bad for me, mm -hmm. right? Anything that is really bad for you, mm -hmm. I would consider a toxic relationship. Oh, that's so powerful because there were so many women asking me like, I don't even know if I'm in a toxic relationship. And I was like, oh, you're about to know because if it yeah. doesn't feel good to you, it's not right for you. And then it yeah. can lead to toxicity and it could lead to abuse. So yeah. So I think that's really important. What you just said is people not knowing they're in toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this is so common because we are not educated on these things. Yes. Now, of course, something like physical abuse is black or white. Like, you know, if somebody's hitting you or not, you yes. know, if somebody's throwing you up against the wall. And yes, like those are bad behaviors. You know that you can put a label on it. Emotional abuse, which is mm -hmm. way more common and prevalent is not, there is no physical scar. There's yes. no mark on your body. It is much harder to decipher because we are literally never told what emotional abuse is. So many women, I think, are in situations where they're being manipulated, mm -hmm. where they're being emotionally abused, and they just really are not aware of it. So when I hear somebody say, like, I don't know if my relationship is toxic, that to me is a sign that, mm, sister probably is. Yes. You know, like if you have a feeling that I need to speak this out loud, I need to ask, I need to do a Google search. Like, is my relationship toxic? <laughs> That's your answer right there. Like you're feeling something, your spirit inside is talking to you and telling you something and you need to start listening. Yes. And what you just said about emotional abuse versus physical abuse. Now I've been on the end of both sides. Um, I've too. dealt with physical and emotional and I cannot speak for anybody else's pain. 
But I can tell you for the long haul, the emotional pain that I wasn't even aware of kind of traumatized me more than the physical pain at the time. And everybody has different experiences. But what you just said is so powerful because emotional abuse, you literally just said, we don't even know we're getting abused. Mm -hmm. So Kelly, I want to talk. Oh, I know everybody listening to it's like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like questioning probably so many things at this moment. So Kelly, Kristen, She's an incredible woman and she's in a coach, but she's also been a woman that has been through this. And this is why she's able to speak on this. So I want to get into who you are and your relationship. And when you realized you were in a toxic relationship at that time in the past. Yeah. So I started a relationship when I was in my early 20s. You know, I met this man and it was kind of, gosh, I was just talking about this the other day to somebody where it was like that spark. You meet somebody and you're just, it's, the word I would use is intoxicating, mm. where you're just drawn to this person and it just feels like some form of magic and you're so attracted to them and, um, you know, got into this relationship. And after enduring years of um, mental, emotional and physical abuse, it took me five and a half, almost six years to get out of that relationship. Right. And it really, I mean, there were many points when I was within that relationship where, of course, I knew that it was. I was being treated terribly that Mm -hmm. I was, I had a really hard time admitting that I was being abused, even with physical abuse, because uh, it's one of those things, like there's so many layers and so many different things that are going on hormonally inside of your body, as well as in your mind, that your mind is trying to protect you from the truth. So there's a lot of different fragmentations that go on within you. And we can definitely get into that a little bit later, but Um, so of course there was parts of me that knew, Hey, this is really abusive. You have to get out. You have to leave. But I just couldn't, right? Like I was stuck in that cycle of wanting to leave, um, planning to leave, you know, um, I did that too. Yeah. Right. Like having all the plans done, having my stuff packed up, you know, having, I mean, there was literally even one point where I did like take a lot of my stuff and leave and then coming right back. And, It was those kinds of things that were happening. So then when it finally came to my breaking point, my point of snapping, which literally was just this really crazy situation. I I talk about it in my book, but it was like, I had to leave. I had to leave in that moment. It was literally 530 in the morning. I had just worked like an 18 hour day. I was working um, as a bartender at the time. I was coming home from work and things just exploded. I packed up some stuff in a bag and ran out the door with no shoes on. And it was like, that's how I had to leave. Mm. Because it was like things had gotten to this point where it was like in that moment, I just recognized that if I was going to stay, I just had this overwhelming feeling like I was literally going to die. Like it was just, it it was like that, you know, like this feeling of just Mm. like, Kelly, if you don't get the fuck out right now, like this will kill you. Mm. And I just, I just had to leave. And I remember like sitting in my car, like (laughs) without shoes, like freaking out, like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And it was just the time for, okay, no more excuses. Like I actually don't care about that anymore. Like I'm just going to figure it out and I'm going to figure out how to never let my life look like this again. Mm. It was just that moment of clarity that I needed to say absolutely whatever happens after this, I am never going back there Mm. ever ever again. And that's really, you know, what changed the trajectory of my life was, was really that moment. 
And I can still feel that even talking about it, like it makes me emotional because I can feel like Mm. all of those feelings that I was, you know, that it's like the shock and the shame and all the kinds of things. And then feeling like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to do it. Um, so that, that was really like the turning point. It was a lot of fear. And I think it's the build up of this fear. And then finally just fucking having that breakdown. Like you just have a breakdown. Like I say, I call it a men. I had a mental breakdown. I had a physical breakdown mm-hmm. out of mine. And I was like, this is not my fucking life. Literally, this yeah. is not my life. I had to say this to myself. And then yeah. I, I, there was a moment where it was a thing where I was like, this human can never give me what I want. Like, why am I still doing this to myself? So your story mm-hmm. resonates with me so much. And I'm sure so many listeners right now where they're just like, whoa, because I could feel it. I can see it in your eyes, how it literally that traumatic experience, it brings you back there because it is. It's trauma. Yeah. So you dealt with this for five and a half years. Whew, girl, I did the same damn thing. So mm-hmm. when you left this toxic relationship, because we know leaving toxic relationships are very hard and you talk about this often. How did you do it? Did you go back and forth for some time? How was that exiting the relationship? So for me, I had already really gotten to the point where I was um, really emotionally and kind of like soul distancing myself from this person, right? So I had been through a lot of uh, obviously up and down, up and down, up and down. And there came a point when I actually started getting more into personal development mm-hmm. in myself, really the first time in my life where I was given, you know, some kind of sales book, because at the time I was doing medical sales. And it was like, that's when you really kind of get into, oh, you create your own reality and mm-hmm. the law of attraction and all of these things that I started learning. And of course, I started looking <laughs> at my personal life and be like, well, wait a a second, that's not adding up, right? Like, (laughs) what do you mean? And um, so really it started changing my mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And I started um, doing positive thinking, like when it came to what I was doing with my career and I'm feeling that way in part of my life, but then of course I'm still in this relationship, but towards the end of that, it was like, I could really feel the separation between us. And I knew I was leaving. I also um, packed up money, you know, I was working two jobs at the time, Mm. and saving every dollar that I could, because like, I knew I needed to put a down payment on apartment, like first out of port, like do all the things that I I needed to do for myself. So I definitely in that sense, like was creating my exit plan, right? So it's like, I knew something was going to happen. I knew that I was going to leave. I didn't know how that was going to happen. But when it came time to it in that moment, I was okay to do it because one, I had already done the emotional distancing, knowing, you know, really starting to believe that I deserved better Mm -hmm. um, and really starting to see the relationship for what it was. Because I think a lot of people, when you're in it, you know, it's like a fish being in water. And I say this all the time, it's like, you're in it. The fish doesn't know that they're in water, yes. right? And until you start becoming a more observer of your situation, being really present to what's actually going on, then you see the water and it's like you go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yes. Um, so for me, it was, it was a process of that. And then really having a solid exit plan, like a plan where it was like, I knew I was going to be financially okay. I mean, 
we had a very intertwined life. And I think a lot of people do this where it's like, yes. you know, you have the same car insurance, you have the same cell phone bill, like things because it's easier, it's like whatever, all this stuff. I had to strategically take myself off of those things every few months, you know, making up some kind of excuse or something like that, that it made sense to do this so that I could just make that totally clean swoop like never yes. speak to this person again. Right. Um, and I think that that definitely was calculated on my part and anybody out there that is in a toxic situ- situation, I really, really want you to consider an actual exit plan mm-hmm. and know that you can make that happen. Yes. I think that's so vital because a lot of us don't create an exit plan and that literally Oh, it breaks us down even more because then when we leave, we have nothing. We have no sense of anything. Mm-hmm. We have no finances. We have no way of life. We we own nothing. Where it's like, you know. So what you did is so smart, creating an exit plan because you know in your gut, you knew Kelly in sure. your gut that you were going, and this is what you were doing. So anybody listening, please take this advice. Don't be like me. I didn't really have an exit plan, but I just knew I was done. And mm-hmm. now looking back, I wish I had a better exit plan. So sure. And I also want to say this advice. too. Yes. Is that if I had to go back and do it again, I would have asked for help. Yes. And that is what I did not do. That is what I refused to do because I was very um, prideful. I had a lot of shame around yes. what was happening. I didn't want to admit what was happening um, to anybody, you know, family, yep. friends, like really, I hid this from everybody, the extent of what was happening. Um, and obviously, that's something super common, too. But if I had to go back, I would have said, Kelly, mm. people want to help you. Yes. If you told people like, hey, I need help. And I, I this is the situation, they would help. And, um, and that so yes, in a sense, like have your exit plan and have it tied together, but do not be afraid to ask for help. You don't have to do everything on your own, especially if you're in like a really bad situation and you're like, oh, okay, this feels so overwhelming mm-hmm. to me and I don't know how to do it. I mean, there's organizations, like there's different things out there that can help you get get yourself on your feet, right? Yes, Kelly is here to help you. Like literally <laughs> Kelly Kristen is here right now. Reach out to her. She can help you. Oh, I wish I had you when I was in my toxic relationship (laughs) because listening to this is like, it's mind blowing. It truly is. So now you're out of it. You're in your sales and you're learning all these things about you. Now you're learning like, Oh my God, I need me right now. I need to focus back on me. How was that feeling? What did you do during that time of like reclaiming yourself? Because I know that journey Uh is a long, sometimes for me personally, it feels like it's everlasting. You know? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I girl. feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Um, so for me, gosh, as soon as I left that relationship, I was like a, a different person. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was like a couple days of devastation and, you know, getting everything together. But it was like, oh, my gosh, I had never felt so free in my life. Yes. And I was just... I mean, I just remember even people in my life commenting, like, what got into you? Like, why are you so happy? What's going on? And it was just like, I felt like I had broken out of prison. And yeah, I was like, oh, literally. life is so amazing. Yeah, really. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I, at that point, wanted to just move on with my life, right? I wanted to just do the positivity and think positive thoughts and have what I wanted in life and do all, do all of that. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, I got a really 
a hard wake up call when my body started freaking out. Mm. I started rapidly gaining weight. Like I literally gained 25 pounds in about three months. My hair started falling out. I could not um, sleep at night, but then I would be exhausted all day. If I was sleeping, I would wake up having night terrors, um, which is mm. something that I had never even had in my life. Wow. I would have points where I, my, nervous system was just so shot at that point that my hands would just start shaking out of nowhere, like uncontrollably. And I literally have to like grab myself to just stop it. And at the time, I just, I really didn't know what was going on. It just felt like everything was fine and I was going to be fine. And then all of a sudden it was like, no girl, (laughs) like crashing down. And so at that point, I really wasn't um, willing to do the deeper work. Uh, you know, I didn't even really think about it then. Mm-hmm. I started, um, I went to, I remember going to a doctor because obviously my body was yeah. freaking out. I needed help. Got all my hormones tested, all of that. The doctor tells me that I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Tells me that I have a hypothyroid. Um, tries to put me on six different medications. Um, and at the time I'm like 27 years old, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're trying to put me on six medications for life. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wait, what? And I have a nursing background. So I'm very familiar with Western medicine. It is not my thing. I left nursing because of that. And I just looked at the doctor. I told him he was absolutely out of his mind and that I was going to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And I left there and I decided to kind of just take control of my health. And that was the first thing. Like, I really just wanted to focus on my health, getting healthy. And I went to uh, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a holistic health coach at that point. I thought, okay, well, I can learn how to heal myself and I can then maybe help other people too, because mm-hmm. I've always been interested in health. I like helping people, you know, whatever. And it was in that program that I really started realizing that what we're eating is not, is not everything, right? Like, of course I did the, don't eat the gluten, don't eat the dairy, don't eat the sugar. I did all the things to heal my gut. Mm -hmm. But if you're not taking care of your relationships, your spirituality, um, really doing the uncover work of what your emotional health is, yes. you are not going to be healthy. So it was going through that relationship. Where I realized like primary nutrition is actually what our emotions are. Primary nutrition is um, what our relationships are, what the connection that we have with our spirituality, like all of these other things actually matter more than the food that I'm putting inside of my body. Mm. And it was there that I really started just coming to this truth that everything is emotional health. Yes. Mental health is emotional health. Physical health is emotional health. It all has underlying emotional issues. And I was not dealing with those emotions because I was terrified of really getting into that. You know, so it just came to the point. Yeah, right. It (laughs) it sucks. It sucks. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. And I came to the point where it was just, I had to face myself. I wanted to relieve myself of the pain that I could still feel me carrying I didn't want to carry it anymore. Mm. And it was like, I was willing to do anything, Mm. anything at all to get rid of that pain. Because it was like, I, I knew that I would never be as healthy. I could be, I would never be as happy as I could be if I did not release the trauma. Yes. I feel you. You give me, I'm feeling chills down my body because I was that girl too. 
And I had to go through it. And I thought I was fine. I was hanging out, being promiscuous, dating other guys, acting mm-hmm. like nothing was wrong with me. But on the inside, I was fucking breaking. And when you said your gut, girl, I got so sick. I would, I would, I was mm-hmm. vomiting and going to the bathroom sometimes at the same time. I couldn't eat. I couldn't hold anything down. I had to see an acupuncturist to heal me. I feel you. And I know so many of us that are listening right now, ooh, we can relate. Our gut is our membrane. Mm-hmm. It holds our worry. It holds our stress. You're getting all of this. And with this idea where you're like, yo, I need to fix me. I don't need to fix mm-hmm. anybody else. It's not even about him at this point. It's about me. I'm, I need to fix me. Okay, I just want everybody to listen to this. It's not about what he did to you. Yes, it did. He caused traumatic. He caused so much pain in your life. But now, when you're ready to heal, it's about you. The focus needs to be back on you. So, Kelly. Absolutely. How did you start your healing at this point? Yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest things was having to understand myself. Having to understand um, how I was able to stay in this relationship. And I had to understand that to be able to release it. Mm. And I think that this is where I really started having a different philosophy for healing than I think a lot of what goes on in personal development, right? So a lot of the personal development space is that just kind of overriding the, the what happened with positivity and affirmations and all that stuff. And while I love affirmations, mm-hmm. I think they're really, you know, mm-hmm. great. They are not going to heal you. No. Like if you've been through some shit in your life, you can't affirmation your way out of it. Sorry. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Abraham Hicks ain't going to help you. Yes. Like, it's so that's true. Not, that's not the business. That's not where you start. No. <laughs> right. And that's, that's what I think um, I wanted to believe. So it did keep me kind of stuck in that for a while until yeah. I realized, okay, look at you, Kelly. What is it that, that caused this? So, for me, I got really interested in um, our minds, how our minds work, the mm-hmm. subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. I became aware of the subconscious mind um, through reading a book that was literally called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And I remember reading this book and it really blowing me away because it was like I learned that 95% of what we do in our life is run by our subconscious. Wow. And meaning that who we believe we are, what we believe we're capable of, the beliefs that we hold about life, about other people, our value system, that's all kept for the most part in our subconscious mind. So you are not consciously aware of it, right? Sub meaning beneath your yes. conscious mind. Yes. So I started looking at that and it just got me really curious. Like, oh, okay, well, what's going on in my subconscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like if subconsciously, I realized if I was in this relationship and I stayed in that relationship that subconsciously I was somehow holding belief that believed that is what I was worthy of. Because if I didn't hold that in my subconscious, there's no way I could have stayed. Yes. Right. And so I just got really, really into subconscious mind work um, mixed with some inner child healing Mm. and understanding because, and that really came from doing this subconscious mind work because from age zero to seven years old, our subconscious is wide open. Like we are literally, our brain is like the sponge that is just soaking everything in around us. That's where we pick up our identity. That's where we pick up those beliefs and those values. That first relationship that you ever witnessed in your life, uh, if it was your parents, caretakers, whoever, 
that is what is going to be the base for a lot of your relationships as you grow up, mm-hmm. right? Because that is what you saw, what you witnessed as love yes. is your baseline for what you think love is. So it was a process of uncovering what that meant for me in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, the fact that this abusive relationship, of course, like, it's not like it starts out as abuse, right? And I yes. think anybody who's been in this situation there's this period of time where it just really does feel like magic, amazing. Yep. Yes. And, um, you know, nobody's going to start abusing you from day one. It happens over time. It happens slowly. That's part of the manipulation. That's mm-hmm. part of the control. Um, so I think for me, it just, it was the realization that, okay, I, I stayed in that relationship because it wasn't so far away from the baseline of what I knew. Yes. What and then of course it started getting pretty far away from that baseline, but I was already so far wrapped up in it. Yes. And there's a lot of different hormones going off inside of your body. There's oxytocin, there's cortisol, there's like many different layers to this. But understanding just what my baseline was and and coming to that realization is really what helped me kind of get myself off the hook a little bit, forgive myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's super important part of this process because that's massively healing is the forgiveness of self like yes you can forgive the other person if you get to that but forgiving yourself is number one and for me I couldn't forgive myself until I understood myself that's a word I could not forgive myself until I understood myself now now you're in your late 20s doing all this discovery now think about this I was the same way I was around 30 where I was like this is mind blowing. I'm just now learning me as a human mm-hmm. being, as a woman, I'm self-discovering who I am. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, whoa, it's, it took me 30 years to get to this point. You know, it's not too late and you can do the work, but you have to have the passion and you have to have the courage and the strength to do it. Because like Kelly just yeah. said, It's a lot of work. And sometimes when we go back to our inner child, sometimes it's hard going back there and realizing. And sometimes it's actually all the time for me. I don't know about you, Kelly. I was mind blown. Like, holy shit. This is why I attracted this. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, oh, yeah. It's it's so it's so revealing. It's surprising. Um, But yeah, that is such a necessary part. And what you just said, too. For me, I always say this, that healing starts with the decision to heal. Yes. And that that's like step number one. Yes. Because there's a difference, right? There's people that will go through something like this and will keep going through it mm. and keep going through it mm. and keep going through it. And it'll show up with a different name and a different face and yes. maybe a different level, but it's still there, right? But then there's the person that says, no, never again not doing it and deciding to take that new path. And I, I just want everyone to know listening that that decision is available to you, no matter what you have been through, no matter what you're currently doing, no matter who you are, no matter what your childhood was like, the decision to heal is yours to make. Mm. You get to choose literally what everything means in this life. Yes. People cannot, you know, people don't do things to you and you have to just sit with them like this is the worst thing ever you get to make the decision I personally consider my years of abuse and I mean some things that like I wouldn't even say on this podcast because it would be super triggering Mm. right some of the things that I've been to through 
those, I consider that time in my life, my greatest teacher, my greatest gift, because it allowed me to be the woman that I am today. It allowed me. And that's why I wrote my book and I called it The Call to Rise, Mm. because you can go through anything in life and you can say, this is going to destroy me or no, like this is my call to rise up and to be who I always knew that I was. Mm. And that's where I differ from a lot of people in what I talk about, because I do not like there is a point in time when you are a victim. And of course, you were victimized, but it is a choice to stay a victim. And if you want to heal, you have to take responsibility for yourself. You don't get to call yourself a survivor until you say, I'm taking responsibility for me. Oh, that was a rant. (laughs) No, Kelly, it's facts. It's gems. It's true because you can still rise the call to rise. Guys, I cannot wait to start reading it. It's available on Amazon. You have the choice. It's your choice. Do you want to be a victim? No, you don't. I played the victim role for probably like a good six, seven months after. I did. I did. Mm -hmm. And then I was fucking tired of feeling like this. And, you know, I want to say to what you were saying, too. Once you start this healing and make this choice, Understand that it's not linear. You're not going to go straight up and be like, ah, healthiness. No, <laughs> we're not. Because let me yeah. tell you, I started my healing journey and I thought I was good. I thought I was getting there and I thought I was feeling good. I was ready for a relationship. No, mm. I wasn't. I wasn't. And I knew I wasn't. Subconsciously, I even told the guy that asked me to be his girlfriend because I knew I wasn't ready. I literally looked at him and I said, can you just be patient with me? Now, how crazy is that? I wanted to feel loved so bad. I asked uh, this incredible man to be patient with me. How selfish. I felt like it was so selfish of me, but I thought he could hold space for me. But Mm -hmm. Letitia, and this is me talking to me, I had to look at myself and be like, Letitia, you can only hold space for yourself first. And I got back in a similar pattern. It wasn't the same, but there was a very similar, there was similarities. And I was like, you have so much work still to do. Forgive yourself and let's start again and let's keep this shit going. So I want people to know that it's not linear, you know, and Kelly is here to let you know and to guide you through this journey because it's not, and it's not an easy one. It's not an easy task. How did you know, Kelly, you know, going through this now, I want to talk about something too, before I get there. What happens to our minds? Because when we're in these relationships, our sisters, our aunts, our moms are looking at us like we're crazy. Like, why can't she see this guy is not bad for her? Like, why does she like, you know what I mean? There's all these critics on the outside looking at us like we're crazy, but we're actually not. And I want you to explain to the listeners what is actually Mm -hmm. happening internally inside of us when we're in this relationship. Sure. So, This is super important to understand because, again, this is the thing that I think really can enable you to forgive yourself is understanding these things. So the first thing I want to talk about and like brief kind of overview because it's very detailed, but is um, a trauma bond, right? So a trauma bond and in simplest terms is that we recognize somebody as some sort of similarity to our early childhood relationships that we witnessed, right? Our brain recognizes this person. Mm. We have that intoxicated feeling, that spark feeling. That is our brain saying, hey, I recognize this and I feel safe here. That is all that it is, right? So that common like whole, you know, oh, the sparks were flying. 
eh, you know, I would caution you on that these days. Um, but, you know, I understand the appeal there, but it is purely your brain recognition. Literally. Saying, this is this is safe because what is familiar to us in our subconscious mind is considered safe. It does not matter if your childhood was rainbows and butterflies and everything was all good and lovely. So your mind considers that safe. Maybe your childhood was some forms of emotional abuse, uh, emotional neglect, emotional abandonment. Those are super common because our parents didn't know how to hold these things. Like, again, nobody is taught this. Nobody is taught this. And it's not about blaming our parents for what they did or didn't do. It's just understanding they're humans. We're all humans. They're our own human journey. But yeah, maybe they didn't know how to hold your emotions, right? Maybe you were a girl and you were crying and it's like, oh, stop crying, get over yourself. Like mm. you're always crying. And, mm. you know, because a mom, she gets frustrated. I'm not a parent. I couldn't imagine being a yes. parent and how frustrating that can be, right? So again, because your mind is wide open, your subconscious is picking that up. That So anyway, that's a different conversation. <laughs> but um, so that, that's what you recognize, yes. right? That's what you recognize in that moment. Yes. Now, Again, in the cycle of the toxic relationship, in the beginning, it is that feeling of attraction, that feeling of spark. What's happening that you have oxytocin, which is the love hormone. Mm. Oxytocin is when a woman gives birth. That she um, she obviously is in massive amounts of pain, right? But as soon as that baby is born, massive amounts of oxytocin come. So it's that wow. connection hormone. It's the, it's the hormone that makes everything kind of just calm down and say, okay, we're good now, right? So that is going off like crazy when you start getting into these relationships, yes. especially the relationships that are um, feeling like that attraction. Then maybe something, something bad happens in the relationship and you're going to have spike in cortisol, right? So you have a spike in cortisol that was caused by this person. And then that same person soothes that spike and causes another increase of oxytocin. So that same person that caused that bad feeling is the same person that takes that bad feeling away. Mm. So inside your body, that cycle in itself is addicting. It is the same as addiction to a drug or addiction to alcohol. It is literally the same cycles that are going on. So that's why a lot of times you have that feeling of like being addicted to this person, right? So that's one of those things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's, it's, It's so common and it's really like Gosh, I just feel like nobody talks about this. Like no one's ever talked about that, right? Like yeah. I've never yeah, heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of and it either. I'll tell you something. Right. Like I, I've studied psychology. I was a psychiatric nurse. Like we never wow. talked about these things. Okay. So that, that's one level. The next level is, well, one, there's the manipulation that goes on inside the relationship, right? And I do want to bring up this emotional abuse point because, again, physical abuse you can see, emotional abuse you can't. One of the things that happens with emotional abuse is gaslighting, right? Is you, gaslighting is essentially a manipulation of your environment to make you question your own reality. And people that are emotionally abusive will manipulate your reality to make you think that you are crazy, to make you think that things are happening actually aren't happening. Mm. So there's that going on in the background. And then you have something called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is where you believe like this person really, really loves me, but you also believe that abuse is really, really wrong and that no one deserves to be abused. And you're holding these two opposing beliefs 
So your mind actually has to make up a false reality in order to feel okay. Because it's so basically psychologically uncomfortable to be battling your inner self Mm -hmm. that you have to make up a false reality. So you literally make up just the story of what is happening that is not even real, but you hold on to that false reality because it feels a lot better than the actual truth. And adding to that, you have people in your life that are saying, girl, what the fuck? You're crazy, right? Like, Like, can you not see that he's treating you badly? Can you not see what's going on? One, I want to say, if you have a girlfriend that's in that position, that is the absolute worst thing that you can do. Mm. That is the worst thing you can do because when somebody is experiencing cognitive dissonance, what ends up happening is they recognize you are not a safe person. You are not a safe person, so I'm not going to tell you anything. So I'm actually going to cling further to this false reality I've created, and I'm going to just stay there. And I'm going to just talk about that. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to pretend like everything is all good because I don't want you to know. Because the deeper layer of cognitive dissonance is that it makes you feel a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. So when other people are pointing out the dissonance, you feel a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And that actually perpetuates the cycle further because now you're going to isolate away from people. You're not going to tell them what's up because they are not safe. So if you have a girlfriend that is in this situation, you need to be in open space, Mm. right? And I see this a lot. I see a lot of people, obviously, just within the work that I do, asking questions like, oh, you know, I want to leave them, but I can't and all this stuff. And I'll see so many people being like, I would just leave. I would never put up with that. Like, y'all are crazy. And I just, I just want to caution you if you've ever felt that way, that you don't know what you would do inside that situation. Also, it's incredibly damaging because abuse is so prevalent. Mm. I mean, the statistics are one in four women will be actually like really badly abused physically, sexually, and emotional abuse is way higher than that. Way, I mean, my guess would be like one in two relationships are honestly some form of emotional abuse. So for you to say, I would never put up with that, really, you have no idea. Two, when people don't feel safe, they isolate and it puts them further into the abuse cycle. Mm. So it's like whatever somebody's going through, you just want to be an open and safe space for them and say like, hey, I know I'm not even necessarily sure what's going on in the relationship. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking and feeling, but I just want you to know, like, if you need something, I'm here for you. Yes. If we all took that approach, instead of trying to, you know, just further going in on the shame thing of the, what are you doing? Then we could do a lot more healing in our society. And if a lot more people felt safe to fully express themselves yes. and knew, Hey, if I come to you, you're not going to judge me. Yes. Because one of the root fears of every human being is being judged for who they are, right? Like we have to understand that. No, like we all feel that if I'm being, I'm going to be rejected. If you're judging me, I'm going to be rejected. Mm. Our nervous system instantly goes to, if you reject me, I'm going to be alone. I, I don't want to be alone. Our humans, we need connection. Yes. So if I have this belief that if I, if you judge me, you're going to reject me and then I'm going to be alone. I'm never going to tell you what's mm. up. Yo, you have me literally thinking about so many instances where I was that wrong friend to some of my friends. And like Kelly, I'm thinking like, damn, that's why she never told me things again. That's why she stopped sharing with me because I was that friend in the past. And mm-hmm. then when I find myself to my to my friends after holding space, they do come because 
Yo, I'm so mind blown. To whoever's listening right now, it's okay. Because now you can fix it and be a better friend for the, those, those friends that need it. Like, forgive yourself because you didn't know. There was times where I didn't know. And I was wondering, like, Absolutely. why doesn't she reach out? Why doesn't she reach out? You know, and I used to, I was that girl in a toxic relationship. I isolated myself because of shame, because of guilt, because I was always freaking judged. They would just always say something to me, and I was tired of mm -hmm. it. Like, I knew it was wrong. I just didn't know how to get the hell out. And there's so many of us that feel like this. So I hope you listeners that are listening are taking all of this in because this is such incredible knowledge. If, it, if this ain't sisterhood, girl, I don't know what is because, Kelly, this is deeper than anything. You know, and I don't know if you found this in your, your work that you've done on yourself. The generational trauma of, like, lineage of families, too, that we're also breaking when we're breaking this cycle of dealing Absolutely. with abuse. Oh, it's so powerful. Absolutely. Well, because if you think about it, right, like, our, our mothers do what their mothers did to them. Yes. Right. Like that's how we learn. We learned through relationships. We learned through, you have no other choice yes. when you are a child to learn what you live. There's not like, ah, uh, no mom, I don't actually don't want to believe that I'm going to go over here and figure it out. Yep. You don't even have that option, right? Mm. We are dependent creatures. So of course, if you are not willing to look at yourself and break that cycle, it's going to keep repeating. Yes. And that's why it is so powerful to be that cycle breaker to mm. be that woman like and it's a lot like I'm not gonna pretend like it's easy breezy like I say this all the time like answering the call is the biggest challenge that you will take on in your life but it is so so worth it mm. like no, there's nothing better than that when you realize like hey I could have been this person but actually I'm choosing to embody my fullness I'm choosing to like embody my power as a woman and I I'm so grateful that I get to be in society right now and to be witness to all the women coming together and really rising in power and also to be one that's aiding women do it mm. because I personally feel that women are the most powerful creatures on the planet yes. like there's nothing more powerful than a woman that is like embodying her fullness and showing up as herself there's nothing more powerful than that yes. and if I can help people do that I mean, I'm just so grateful that you I get are. to even exist. You in this literally time. are. You're you're helping hundreds <laughs> of listeners right now. Your platform helps me every day. I realize new things. I mean, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I want to let the listeners know this didn't happen overnight. How long did it take you to get here, Kelly? Well, it took years for yeah. me, right? I mean, there was that time period of just total denial. Then there, I took a really long winding road into figuring it out because, again, I, I have this habit of um, having to do everything on my own. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right? It's that so pride. I'm like, I feel that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's just my path in the way where it was like, I wanted to not only heal, but I wanted to understand everything. So like that's why I choose to go and study this and choose to make it my life. Mm -hmm. So my healing process took years because it's like I learned you know through the nutrition school oh what actual primary nutrition was emotions are then it's like I wanted to study the subconscious mind so I became an NLP practitioner I became a hypnotherapist I became a psych K facilitator wow. all of those things first to help myself first to help me but now it's like I can package all of that together um, and help other people obviously in a much quicker timeline right yes. it's so much if I had known somebody like me existed when I got out of my toxic relation, I'd been like, take my money, sign me up, <laughs> yeah, help please. me, right? I didn't even know, like when I first 
got into the online world that coaching even existed. I'm not sure that it even did a few years ago in the capacity yeah. that it does now. Um, so for, for me, it definitely, it took years. And um, I think that what you said about it not being a linear journey, there are still times when I am triggered. There are mm-hmm. times when I don't feel the best. There are times that I still have things that come up for me and I'm okay with that because yes. I know how to hold that now. I know how to express that now. I know what to do with that now, right? So it's not like one day you're going to be this perfectly healed person and wrap it up in a bow. Like, I don't have to ever think about that again. Yep. I see you later. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just coming to another level of understanding with yourself, another level of awareness. And, and that is the healing. And I say this a lot too. It's like, the healing is not some massive breakthrough. It's not one day you wake up and you're like, uh, the heavens are shining down on me and I just feel amazing. Healing is the day to day, the decision to decision, the thought to the thought. Can I just, I'm not fucking kidding. This is the quote that I have up. And that's literally what you, <laughs> this is wild. Literally, I was gonna, I was gonna tell. Whew. Okay, so you guys can't see us right now. But I had a quote pulled up on her Instagram page <laughs> and it was literally what she just said. And it's so crazy. Her, Kelly, healing, <laughs> healing comes from doing the work day by day, step by step, decision by decision. That is the breakthrough. I literally had this opened on my phone because this is so powerful. That's great. And divine mm-hmm. timing and like it's, it's a connection and I just feel like day by day, step by step, the choice, the decision is yours. And I'm just going to pause here because we could continue this for another two hours, honestly, because now Kelly is in a different space in her life. She's in a healthy relationship. And I think part two should be that. Um, I want to keep this in a slow process of you know uncovering toxic relationships because there's so much to uncover and you have so much knowledge to share. And I want to tell the people that are listening you have a coach in Kelly to literally start this journey. And Kelly and I are going to do this again um, in a month or in a yes. time soon. And we're going to talk about the recovery, the road, and how she was able to find love again because she is now in a really awesome relationship. And I'm just so happy yes. for you. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, absolutely, because that's a whole other process. Yes, so. because I'm, and it, I'm sure it's a lot of unlearning and discovering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now we're feeling healed. Now, we, now we're finally ready to get into something like I can only imagine how much of a journey that is in itself. Absolutely. But if you're willing, I would love to have another podcast with you and I talking about this journey. 100%. I would love to. Yes. So due to the fact that I uh, ruined our first audio, uh, I got <laughs> I was it was a blessing in disguise. I, I'm learning. It's happening for you, not to you. That's my new mon- like that's Absolutely. my new thing right now. It's happening for me. It's happening for us. So I was able to ask some of, you know, our followers on Girl We Got This. They reached out and they they had some questions. So I have some anonymous questions I'm going to ask you um if you could answer it um to the best of your ability to help these beautiful women get through these toxic relationships during these times. Absolutely. So the first question was how do I get over it? How to move on after it's over? how to make it not hurt after it's over. How? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I want to say is that you're a human and 
you are very much allowed to have your human feelings of missing somebody, of sadness, of grief. Because no matter how that person treated you, there was a relationship there. There was a connection there. So you get to honor that within yourself and also honor the fact that just because you may still care for somebody, they don't get access to your life. Mm. And I think um, depending on the situation, right, for me, a really big thing is no contact with that person. Like if you don't have kids and you don't have a reason, an actual reason that you would have to stay in contact, absolutely no contact with that person. Uh, I think that's really healing. But also the time to reconnect to yourself, right? The time to do the discovery, like we're talking about here, what what allowed me to stay in that relationship? Why did I accept this as love? Why did I accept, why did I allow this in my life? And start looking and digging in there and, and asking yourself that question. Like take the focus off of missing that other person and bringing it back onto you, mm. right? That That really is that first step of like, okay, I understand that I might still miss him and I might still grieve that. But I have to focus on me now. Reconnect to yourself. Reconnect to your personal power. You know, if you need to pick up a new hobby, do things for you, purely for you, for nobody else at all. And start there. And start with just and knowing, too, like you are fully human. You fully have feelings. Feel them all. Don't mm-hmm. try to numb them out. Mm-hmm. Like I did that for a long time, too. With me like, too you know, going out and partying and all this stuff, like that, all that does is just perpetuate it, right? Feel your feelings, know that you're human and do the necessary healing work starting on focusing on you. Yes. I love that answer. That was so powerful. This next question is, oof, I'm married and I'm in a toxic marriage and I have children. I want a divorce, but I don't even know where to start. How how would I start the separation? Now, mm-hmm. I can't relate to this. I've never been married. I don't have children. Could you give her any advice on where to start? Right. And again, I don't have children. I was never married. So in that aspect, I don't have that experience. But I will say this, is that you just start. Yes. You just start. How do you get a divorce? I, I, you look up a lawyer. Yes. You do the necessary thing, right? Like... There, there is a ton of fear of taking that step, right? Especially the first step. Yes. But once you take that first step, the next step becomes clear. Yes. So oftentimes when we're looking at the really big picture of being away from this person, what does that look like? Are my kids with me? Are they with him? Do I have to go to court? All of these questions come up, right? Because we're, we're not looking at just the step in front of us. So my advice would be, what is the step, the very first step that you can take and take that step? Mm. That's great advice. I love that. And we're just going to do three today. Um, and we're going to wait to the others for round two. Because Kelly, I'm telling you, oh, all of us are feeling all the feels, you know. And it's, I think also in the quarantine, a lot of us have been dealing with a lot of relationships and stuck, literally stuck in a lot of these mm-hmm. situations right now. So it's heavy. Um, and a lot of these things are unveiling themselves that we weren't aware of. And we're like, holy shit. So this last question is, I know my girlfriend is being physically abused, sometimes mentally too. I can't get her out of it. What can I do? And Mm -hmm. I think you touched upon it, but I mean, if you know that she's literally being abused physically and mentally, like what advice would you give? Yeah. 
this is hard. And this is a hard answer because the truth is, is that you can't do too much. Mm. That's the real truth. Like you cannot make somebody's decisions for them. You cannot help them to see something that they are not willing to see. You have to be that safe space. Mm -hmm. She has to know that if she needs to get out and it's an emergency, she has to know that she can pick up that phone and call you. She has, but she has to know that she has somewhere safe in you. So it's, it's that thing that we were talking about, like, try not to invoke that shame, try not to ask her the questions of why, 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 just let her know that you're there for her. But the reality is, is like, as much as we want to, we cannot save other people Mm. from themselves and their own decisions. We we can't. I know for me that if, when I was stuck in my relationship, and maybe you can speak to this Mm -hmm. too, that even if you were like, it went until I was ready. I wasn't ready yes. until I was ready. I was not ready. Yes. yes. So there's nothing that can make me be ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have to make that decision for me. And it's unfortunate because some really bad things can happen to people that you cannot do anything about. Yes. The only thing you can do is say, Hey sis, I love you. I'm here for you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I just want you to know that if you need anything from me, I'm here. Yes. Oh, that is so powerful and so special. Because Kelly, when I was in it, oof, I had to hit rock bottom to finally get out. So, and then mm-hmm. I realized I can't fix myself. I mean, I can't fix other people. I can only fix myself. Literally, I and I want the listeners to understand this. Like, you can't fix others. You can't fix that toxic man. You can't fix that toxic friend. You can't save your friend that's in a toxic relationship. You really, you have to fix yourself first. And I think that's something that in this podcast, specific, specifically in this episode, a lot of the focus has to come back to you. You have to do the work. You have to get I'm back falling. into the mindfulness. And I want to also touch upon, you know, Kelly and I, we discussed this before, you know, therapy, talk therapy isn't Kelly's thing, but you know what? It's my thing. I'm literally, I'm a talker, as you guys know, like I love to talk. I have to visually see things. So like for me talking and visualizing things, I understand better. But Kelly's, her healing was a different route. Hers was educating and getting into the books and learning and taking these courses. And I do, I do some of both. And then, and then she goes on a, a whole nother level, you know, so we all heal differently. I want everybody to be aware of that as well. So do what is best for you. Just start. And I think, Kelly, that's one of the greatest things you say is just start and it's the day to day. So whatever mindful mindfulness you need, whatever type of therapy, whether it's talk therapy, whether it's going to an acupuncture, because I do both, um, mm-hmm. whether it's Kelly's route, you know? Absolutely. And I want to say, like, I have, I know we talked about it a little bit, the Worthy Woman Workshop. Yes. And for anybody that's who's on this journey of coming out of a tox- toxic relationship or even currently still being in one, I created the Worthy Woman Workshop for you because it is just a super small targeted workshop that will increase your self-worth yes. through subconscious mind work. Everything that I do is rooted in getting to the root cause of a problem so in essence, like, you know, people that have worked with me have been like, okay, I feel like that was 10 years of therapy in a session mm. because of how deep we're able to go into the subconscious. Yes. So I basically took out um, a subconscious mind hypnotherapy session 
and I put it into this workshop along with some workbooks and other things that are going to help you, one, look at yourself and see where you put limitations on your own self-worth, where you believe, hey, I'm not worthy of this and what that really means because it's really all just made up in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can clear out those limitations. So it's not like I am worthy, I am enough over and over again on repeat. We're actually going to clear the limitations. We're going to clear them from your subconscious mind. And then we're going to actually go through a process to create the identity of what I call the worthy woman, Mm -hmm. that version of you that gets the love that she actually truly wants in this life, that version of you that has the high standards and all the things that you really, really want. So it's it's a very direct and impactful workshop because literally I've never worked with one woman who didn't need to increase her self-worth. I think that is the backbone to healing everything. So that's what it's for. And it's affordable. You can buy it online. Uh, it's the link is directly in her bio right now. I'm buying it. I'm purchasing it. It's affordable, guys. And I'm telling you, ladies, self-worth is the crux of it all. We only get into these r- relationships in these situations because we lack self-worth. I'm talking mm-hmm. to you as a woman. Letitia Roll had no self-worth at some point of her life. I had no self-worth. And guess what? I'm still building that shit as I'm talking to you right now. You know, so mm-hmm. I will take the course. I am going to continue. I'm going to increase my self-worth. Why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? Why Absolutely. wouldn't I? You know, self-worth is something that a lot of us weren't taught growing up. So why not start oh, now? We have no, <laughs> we have no structure around teaching any of these things around yes. self. So it's so powerful. It's so impactful. It's like you increase your self-worth and literally everything about your life changes. Mm. Everything about, you just value yourself differently. And when you value yourself differently, other people value you. Yes. And it li- it literally increases your vibration, right? Mm. Like we are vibrational beings. We attract other people based on what we're, we're vibrating at. A lot of times people, I think at the law of attraction wrong, they're like, oh, your thoughts create it. Like, bitch, I never once said I wanted to be abused, right? Like <laughs> literally. That, I didn't have that thought, right? But I was vibrating at a frequency because my self-worth was so mm-hmm. low that enabled me to accept that. So increasing your self-worth will do wonders for every aspect of your life. Oh, I'm grateful for you. I know everybody listening on this episode right now is grateful for you. Um, I'm so, I'm thankful for your journey because if it wasn't for your journey, you wouldn't be here where you are today. You wouldn't be able to inspire all of us and to help all of us. The pain is what made you. The pain is what made me. And I had to go through the pain. So for all of you listening that are going through the pain right now, know that it's, it's going to get better. There is going to be light. Um, the pain shaped me to be me, to create this podcast, to help my sisterhood, to help every woman listening right now. There is so much power in our voices, in our stories, in our truths. And I know as women, we feel so shame, so shameful around this. We feel so much guilt. It's time to be fucking vulnerable and it's time to be real with each other. So your sister and your daughter and your niece doesn't have to go through what we went through. So Kelly, oh, we're going to have a part two, girl. We're going to have yeah. a part two. Um, before I finish every episode, I ask one question to kind of close because I think it's very powerful. Um, what would you tell that 20-year-old Kelly if you could see her right now in front of you? What would you tell her to inspire her to 
hold her to feel her what would you what would you what would you do to this beautiful Mm -hmm. kelly 20 year old girl what would you do for her right now what would you say to her i would uh absolutely i would just tell her you are more powerful than you could ever even possibly imagine Mm. just step into it embrace that power yes and don't for a second think that you have to compromise your worth Mm. for anybody or anything ever Oof, i feel that i'm thankful for you and i just want you to know everyone listening we got this girl we got this sisters we need each other we are literally better with each other kelly thank you for bettering me thank you for bettering every listener on this call right now i can't wait for part two honestly thank you thank you so much for having me and yes so excited to come back for part two (sighs) any other questions that the audience has i would love to answer and um, support you in any way that i can yes and ladies if you're in a toxic relationship even men if you're listening in these type of relationships reach out to kelly shoot her a message go to her website what is your website kelly specifically kellychristin.co okay kellychristin.co go there seek help get coaching the worthy woman workshop girl i mean we can all do it together because i'm about to buy it so maybe we should start a woman's circle on the the self-worth because let's increase our self-worth let's be better let's grow and let's rise together i'm starting the book tomorrow it's from amazon i got there today so i'm really excited i want to say thank you i want to remind everybody listening right now girl we got this we believe in you it starts with you kelly Till next time, baby. Till next time. Thank you.